0: Father, as we've read these last couple of chapters of Revelation, what a treat we have in store for us in the new heavens and the new earth. We pray now as we look more intently into your word that you would be filling us with great awe at who you are. Help us to understand this incredible part of your word. May it lead us to worship Jesus alone. Amen. Well, as we get to the last two chapters of Revelation tonight, we get to the end. Not just of this letter Revelation, but the end of all things. It's the end of the, the Bible. And it speaks of eternity after the end of this world, the second coming of Jesus. And what these chapters force us to consider tonight is where each one of us will be spending eternity. Are we looking forward to that? The imagery of what heaven and, and um, so the imagery of what heaven will be like in these chapters should be something that that all of us and all of humanity should be longing for. We long for many things in this life, many good things. We long for. I long for Wednesday when the NBA basketball season kicks off. 10:30 <laughs> tonight when I'm drafting my fantasy team with some <laughs> mates <core> all <laughs> around the place. Um, even. Our friend Stan over in the Middle East, a missionary, is joining in on the action there as well. Uh, Many of you are longing for exams to be over and summer to start, holidays to start. Some of you are looking forward to graduating and starting to earn money. Um, There are many many deeper things too that we long for in life, isn't there? We long for better health. We might long for, for a partner or for an intimate relationship. Uh, We long for a time when life won't be so hard, when we can just get a break in life. And while these longings are real and genuine and painful, the picture of heaven we get tonight uh, is, is is a place where we will never long for things again. Because being with God for eternity, we'll get everything that we've ever wanted. That's what we were really made for. Living forever with God himself is the answer to all of our longings. And that is the ultimate blessed life, isn't it? The world that we live in is temporary, Uh, it's real, but it's not the final chapter of our story. It's not the final chapter of God's story. Uh, Well, it is in the last book of the Bible, so it kind of is, but it's not really, is it? God's new heavens and earth will go on forever. And our brief stint on this earth, well, it won't be worth comparing to eternity. But so often we get caught up in this life, don't we? We we get caught up chasing after things that don't really matter. Often we get the two places mixed up, heaven and earth. We think that this world is more real and the world to come is is imaginary. Or that this world is, is physical and the next world is kind of spiritual and not physical. We think that this life is what matters most and not eternal life. Now, while many may picture heaven as an endless summer with pool parties and hanging out at the beach with your mates, what the Bible pre- presents to us is vastly different. And it's far better than that. For as we've seen over the last few chapters, God is bringing everything to a close. One by one, his enemies have been brought down. We've seen it, haven't we, over the last few weeks? The beast and the false prophet, all the the anti-God authorities and false religions that are going to be brought down. The prostitute and Babylon, the, the woman in the city that stands for human rebellion. And finally, Satan himself, the dragon, the snake of old, will be thrown into the lake of fire. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death itself. But that's not the end of the story. Because now in these chapters, we get to look beyond the judgment day and into eternity as Jesus gives John one final vision. And if we know and love the Lord Jesus, then our names are in the book of life, and these chapters are describing our future. And it's a future that we should be longing for, our home, that we can't wait to get there. Uh, have a look with me, chapter 21, verse 3. Now, this is a centrepiece of these chapters, I think. Uh, And here, you know, I want you just to imagine the great God of the entire universe. Picture him stooping down as a father to wipe away the tears of his child. Revelation 21 verse 3. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. But what a great way to finish his letter. Showing us the unbelievable nature of heaven. Can you imagine a place with no more death? No more sadness? No more broken relationships? No more goodbyes? No more mental health problems? No more joint pain or gluten intolerances? Can you imagine a place like that? Remember, this letter was written to the seven struggling churches in first century Turkey. They were being severely persecuted for following Jesus. Remember, that the whole point of it was to, to point us to what is real, despite the sufferings that we face in life. Pointing us to the certainty of eternity with God himself. And it's all because Jesus has the slaughtered lamb. Has conquered and he has made a way for people to live with him in paradise forever. Do you long for that day? So, in this final vision of the new heavens and new earth, Jesus gives John four pictures of heaven. Heaven will be like a bride, like a city, like a temple, like a garden. And it's to keep God's people persevering and fixing the eyes of their hearts. On what will soon take place. Uh, so let's have a look at the first picture, shall we? Heaven is like a bride, I and mean, I've already seen the bride imagery in Revelation. It starts back in chapter 19. There we see the spotless bride, without sin, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, you know, the Lamb's her husband to be. Uh, join me, 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Uh, What a strange sight this is, hey? A a city descending from heaven like a bride. I haven't seen too many cities getting married before. Um, And just a tip, fellas, it's not a good compliment to give Mel as she walks down the aisle on Saturday. (laughs) Mel... You look just like a city. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, in verse 9, if we keep going down there, the city in the bride imagery continues. I'm sure Brandon might be thinking that. <laughs> Maybe you will now, but no. <laughs> it's okay if he says it. It's biblical. <laughs> it's biblical, yeah. Um, verse 9... <laughs> Um, Verse 9, then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. He then carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a very precious stone, like a jasper stone, bright as crystal this bride coming down the aisle is a beautiful sight and she stands in stark contrast to the prostitute imagery of chapters gone doesn't she you might remember the prostitute who stood for the for the ungodly world system who seduced people to fall in love with her rather than Jesus she was also the city babylon in chapter 18 and so we see in chapter 21 we have this contrast between The prostitute, Babylon, and the bride, New Jerusalem. So we're supposed to be picking up the the contrast between the two here. But what does this picture of a bride being prepared for her wedding day mean? This is where God wants us to see how he sees us. We are the apple of his eye, the love of his life, who have been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. Do you ever wonder what God thinks of you? He who made the heavens and the earth and who rules from his throne in heaven, how he sees you. He loves you so much that he would send his son to die for you. That's how he sees you. That's how much he loves you. Once your sin has been atoned for in the death of Jesus, once the blood of the slaughtered lamb has washed you clean, he sees you as his radiant bride, beautifully prepared on her wedding day, No expenses spared. Fellas, I know it's a bit hard to imagine being a bride. Just run with it. The ladies have to cope with being called sons in verse (laughs) 7. Elsewhere in the Bible. Um, It's all picture language. Just trying to show us the, the, the way, the great love that God has for us. So no matter what other people might say about you, hear what God says. He says he loves you. You are beautiful in his eyes and he can't wait for the day that Jesus returns where we'll be united with him forever. What a beautiful picture. Second picture we see here is of a city. Now it's an enormous city. Uh, Verses 15 to 18 spell out its dimensions. 12,000 stadia. Uh, That's about 2,250 kilometres. It's that long and it's that wide. And that's kind of Brisbane to Adelaide or Adelaide to Perth. Um, It's the distance from Jerusalem to Rome. So it kind of covers the the whole known world of that time. That's a pretty massive city, isn't it? Not just that long, but that wide as well. But it's more than that. It's, It's that tall. It's a gigantic city cube. It's like a Lego city, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But as we've seen with with numbers in Revelation, we should not get too attached to them, um, because they're mostly symbolic. We're not going to see this huge cube descending on us from the sky, dressed in a wedding dress. (laughs) Um, You know, the number 12, as we've seen throughout, is symbolic of God's people. Multiplied by a thousand means it's really massive, The dimensions of this city are to show us that there is more than enough room for all of God's people. But the shape of it is also interesting. Did you know that there's only one other perfect cube in the whole Bible? Do you know where that cube is? What that cube is? It's the most holy place in the temple. The innermost part of the temple where God's presence was, where only the high priest was allowed to go once A year. They're the only two cubes in the Bible. And it's also going to be a beautiful place. Uh, John's really grasping for language to describe it here. How do you describe something that is radiating with God's glory? He says, you know, it's decked out with everything precious, all of those stones. And he's, he's struggling with language because no mind can really conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. The absolute best we could describe... Or imagine wouldn't even come close. And we're told about the foundations and gates of this city as well. The foundations they're also made of precious jewels. But more importantly, have a look at verse fourteen. The city wall had twelve foundations, and the twelve names of the Lamb's twelve apostles were on the foundations. Now so this city is built on Jesus's twelve apostles. Also in verse twelve, there's twelve gates in the walls. And and the gates there, you can see, represent the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons. So just imagine as you're walking around this city, you'll see foundation and gate, foundation and gate, foundation, all the way around. We're meant to be thinking, you know, we'll see Peter. And then, you know, the Apostle Peter. Then we'll see Judah. Then we'll see the Apostle James. And then Levi. And then Andrew. And then Simeon. Apostle Apostle and, uh, and Son of Israel. Uh, it's to remind us that the city is made up of all of God's people. The Old Testament and the New Testament together. And the gates of this city, verse 25, they'll never be closed. Because you see, it's never going to be night there. In every city, when this was written, they'd close the gates every single night because at night time, well, that's when the people come to attack. But in this new city, and there's not going to be any enemies left to threaten, Jesus will have removed every evil. There'll be nothing existing that can ruin this perfect paradise so the gates can stay open 24-7, if that's still a thing. (laughs) The third image of heaven that Jesus gives to John is of a temple. Join me in verse 22. John says, I didn't see a sanctuary in the city. Because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its sanctuary. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it because God's glory illuminates it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Each day its gates will never close because it will never be night there. They'll bring the glory and honour of the nations into it. Nothing profane will ever enter it. No one who does what is vile or false, but only those who... Written in the land, book of life. The temple, the sanctuary, as it says here, uh, it's the symbol of God's presence with his people. In the Old Testament, that's where God lived among the Israelites. But in the new heavens and new earth, there's no need for a temple because God will be living with us. Remember back in verse 3, it says God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and he himself, uh, and God himself will be with them and be their God. The temple was a place in the Old Testament where a holy God could live among unholy people. You might remember when we looked at Leviticus earlier in the year that uh, the the Israelites just couldn't access God whenever they wanted to. Only the high priest, once a year, and and following um, strict and elaborate protocols and sacrifices, was allowed to go into into this cube where God's presence was. But in the death of Jesus... You might remember the moment he was crucified, the curtain in the temple was torn right down the middle. That thick curtain from top to bottom torn in two, symbolising that the time of the temple was over. Of God's presence dwelling in that cube was over. Now all people can, can enter into the presence of God because the perfect sacrifice had been offered in Jesus. So now God was going to live, not just in this cube, but by his Holy Spirit in the hearts of his people. And the Holy Spirit in in Ephesians 1 is a down payment of heaven where we'll see God face to face and live in his presence forever. Verse 22 tells us that the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. In another book in the New Testament, 1 Peter, God's people, are also the temple the living stones being built into a spiritual house as a holy priesthood worshipping God. So this fact that that the temple is is the Father, is the Lamb, is Jesus, and all of His people all the temple shows us just how intimate our relationship is going to be with God in heaven. We'll be united to the Father and Son and Spirit. We'll be united together as God's people. And we'll have been brought into that most intimate And loving relationship between the Father and Son. Now as the the Son, as Jesus marries the bride, that's us, and we, we become one. You and I will be united to God forever. Brought into that Trinitarian relationship. It's astounding. The fourth image of heaven that Jesus gives John is of a garden. Have a look. Chapter 22 we're in now, verse 1. Then he showed me the river of living water sparkling like a crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the broad street of the city the tree of life was on both sides of the river bearing twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit every month the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations and there will no longer be any curse the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his slaves will serve him they will see his face And his name will be on their foreheads. Night will no longer exist. And people will not need lamp light or sunlight because the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. Now this picture of the heavenly garden. You're probably detecting there the the strong links to the garden of Eden. The Bible begins and ends with a garden. Genesis to Revelation. And in that garden is a river, a crystal clear river, in Genesis 2. uh, You read there about a river that, that waters the garden and it flows out from it. The prophet Ezekiel, he also spoke of this river, Ezekiel chapter 47. He's talking about how this river will flow out from the temple and the water will provide life wherever it goes. And why does this river flowing with water provide life? Because it comes from God himself. It comes from his throne. As as Jesus says at the well with the Samaritan woman in John 4, he says, Whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. This water is life-giving because it comes from life itself. In this heavenly garden, like the Garden of Eden, is also the tree of life. The tree that should you eat of its fruit, you'll live forever. We all know the story of Adam and Eve eating from the wrong tree, which led them to being booted out of the garden and cut off from this tree of life. But Jesus opens the way for us to eat of this tree again. By his blood, he cleanses us and purifies us from all our sin. He makes our relationship with God Uh, He reconciles us. He makes us friends so that we can now enter into that garden, into the new garden and that we can feast from this tree forever. And what great pictures of heaven these are. These four pictures. Who wouldn't want to live there? But you know the best thing about heaven that all these pictures paint is that God will be there with his people What will be the best thing about heaven is that we'll be with Jesus. And that's something that my daughter Mackenzie, she's six years old, she gets this. In her quiet moments, usually usually lying in bed before sleep, one of the most lovely things she says is, she says, Daddy, I can't wait to die. (laughs) Took me by surprise the first time she said it. (laughs) I said, Mackenzie, why is that? Why Why are you looking forward to dying? She said, Because then I'll meet Jesus. I'll see him face to face. She gets it, doesn't she? She knows what Jesus is like, even in her limited knowledge. And she's got a very good life now. But she knows how much better life will be with Jesus. He is full of grace and love and compassion. He is kind and peaceful and full of joy. He always uses his strength for good. Do you long to be with Jesus to see him face to face and the good news is that for those who have washed in his blood who call Jesus their Lord and Saviour that God already is dwelling with us it has already started because he lives in us by his spirit, now heaven is not something that is just for the future we get previews of it today when we wash in the blood of Jesus because we can taste his love we can taste his purity and his glory and as we know the pain of this world and and we look forward to the perfection of heaven this should leave us longing for Jesus to return to not be satisfied with just the previews but to go and see the full future we should be longing for Jesus to come back to finally put an end to, to Satan to evil, to death and sickness and pain to bring justice and vindication. And this is how John finishes up his letter. Come, Lord Jesus, he says in verse, in verse 20. Come and bring the judgment day. For on that day the new heavens and the new earth will also come. Do you long for Jesus to come? Do you long for your tears to be wiped away by our Father as he stoops down and us? Do you long to live with him forever? Do you long for the reign of evil to come to a close? Or are you too in love with this world that you don't want the pleasures to end? We could be so focused on living in the here and now, living for my pleasure, that I just don't want it all to end, not just yet, because there's so much stuff that I don't want to miss out on. Do you have a bucket list of things that you want to do before you die? Things that you long to do before you kick it. Most of us do, and we think that once we've done that list, we can say, oh, my life has been blessed. I've lived a full and fulfilling life. I'm ready now to die. Chapter 22, verse 7 tells us what the blessed life is, where we find ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction in real life. It's found, look there, 22, verse 7, it's found by keeping the words of this book by obeying Jesus. That doesn't sound right, does it? How on earth could that be true, that the blessed life is found in following Jesus? It's because he is the giver of life, isn't he? He knows what is truly enjoyable and satisfying. So for Christians, the whole bucket list thing is really simple. There's only one thing that should be honoured. And it's found in verses 8 and 9. I, John, and the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had shown them to me. But he said to me, don't do that, John. I am a fellow slave with you, with your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Worship God. The one thing Christians should have permanently on their bucket list. Worship God. To live their life serving Him, loving Him, being faithful to Him. Now who gives us stuff about swimming with penguins? <laughs> and learning to play the ukulele. Whatever it is. What's really important in life, where we find real blessing, is in worshipping God, isn't it? The main pastoral goal of why this revelation was given to John was to urge believers to persevere in following Jesus. We've seen that week in and week out. You know That's what um, you know, a big take-home message is pastorally. The main theological goal of Revelation is that God is worthy of all our worship. God is worthy of all our worship. That is the main theological goal of Revelation. Whatever else is going on in life, worship God, worship the Lamb, Because he has bought us salvation. And he is victorious over evil. The point of this revelation is to lead us to fall down before God in worship. In gobsmacked awe at his love for us. At his perfect justice in the slaughtered land. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Who's coming back real soon. The Christian life now, as it will be in heaven is all about worshipping God. Not living for my pleasures. Not living to ace exams so I feel better about myself or that everyone thinks I'm a genius. Life is not about you or me having the most comfortable or experienced and adrenaline-filled life possible. Life is about worshipping God. Worshipping the Lamb who was slain. Now I'm not talking about singing, That's, that's just a fraction of it. Worship is a life filled with doing everything for His glory from our hearts. Doing everything for His glory from our hearts. Serving God in our professions, in our friendships, in our relationships, in our families. Serving God in our study habits, in our online life. Worshiping God, it's it's about living a more holy life today than I did yesterday. That's how you worship God. As verse 11 says, you know, let the righteous go on in righteousness and let the holy go on being made holy. Each day we should be more and more like our saviour. As we look at these visions in Revelation of, of things that are now and things that will be, we're called to live lives that worship Jesus. We're called to live godly lives now as As a pure and spotless bride being prepared for her wedding day. As we await the day for Jesus to return. In this life there are many temptations to compromise our worship of God. And we do all fail at this. Yet he calls us to come. Come back to him. To keep drinking from him. Keep remaining faithful to him. To persevere and endure because he is coming. As the uni year is drawing to a close, like this series in Revelation, I want us to fix the eyes of our hearts on Jesus. to Keep worshipping him. To keep his words and to find eternal blessing in him. And like the sons of Korah who, in Psalm 84, write, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. That's what we should be thinking of heaven, isn't it? Better is one day in heaven than a thousand on this earth. There is nothing better than knowing God and living forever with him. Yeah, the things that you find most joy and happiness in this life, whatever those things are, praise God for them. But they are no more than a shadow, than a pale copy of what we'll know in the new heavens and new earth. Those things, they don't compare to what God has prepared for those who love Him. Those toys and joys don't compare. So we're called to live for our heavenly home, not this temporary hotel. And this should humble us, shouldn't it? We don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve to enter into the new heavens and the earth. What we deserve is God's judgment and his condemnation because of our sin. But this is why we worship God, because of his love for us in the cross of Jesus. It's there he shows us grace and he calls all of us to come and find living water in him. And this grace, it urges us on. It urges us to live lives that worship him. Not worshipping ourselves or worshipping this world, but worshipping him. His grace urges us on to live lives that long for Jesus to come back. To live lives that share this great and only hope of eternal life. Jesus really is coming back. He's coming back soon. Be ready for that day. Bring on that day. Come Lord Jesus. And I can't wait to see Jesus face to face with you all, and live forever together in paradise with him. Come, Lord Jesus. Grace be with us all. This is your last chance to ask me questions before he's on and off. Uh, So do you have some questions you'd like to ask me at all about this? Uh, Gregory. Um, When we see the foundations of this city. Yeah. Um, it describes the gold and jewels. Are they the same they're the same jewels that are used when it, in Exodus when it's describing the the ceremonial robes that the priests wear. Are we supposed to be thinking about that? Yep. Imagery when... yep. Yeah. Imagery yeah. So uh, in the 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 high priestly robe they have these twelve um, precious stones put on like an apron thing. And uh, yeah, so we'd be thinking about that uh, as well, that it symbolises um, the the preciousness of being into the presence of God, because only the high priest is allowed to wear that. Uh, And so as we think about heaven, yeah, it's just a place that is extraordinary, beautiful and privileged to be there. So the curse in, in Genesis 3 is that uh, the whole world will be cursed and the people will be cursed. Um, but in heaven it's not going to be like that. But, uh, the form is going to be reversed. So it will only be blessing, not curse. Yep. yep. Awesome. And then it says um, the throne of God and of the land will be in the sea and his servants will serve him. Yep. Uh, his servants, his children, so us. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So around the throne of God, you know, it's, it's funny that you know, the father and the son are both sharing the throne, but it just shows their unity. Um, and yeah, and it talks about what what we'll be doing there. We'll be serving God. We'll be worshiping Him. Uh, and that's um, the idea of what the priests do. Like the priests are the ones who serve God, and so saying as well there that we'll be like priests in God's presence, serving Him. Yeah, Josh is the new. Is like. That... You heard, is it, the place looks very similar to so either or is it like a big city, or it's not. Mm. can't really tell is it's relevant. Yeah, it's 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 a really hard thing to know. Um, there will be yeah, some continuity with things that we know, but there won't be as well. So you yeah, know, it says that there's not going to be a sun, and so there's something that'll be different. There's not going to be any night. Um, how does that work? You know, the, the Bible is a, a theological book, not a scientific book. Uh, Doesn't really uh, explain that. Um, What will it be like? Uh, It says it's a new heavens and new earth, so there will be some similarities. Uh, I I doubt that it's going to be a literal cube coming down. I think it's an expression for uh, the whole. Yeah, the whole earth will be renewed, um, which is symbolic, uh, which the numbers of it symbolise. talking about himself, but uh, yeah, whenever you, you hear that, that loud voice coming from the throne, it's only uh, God who's on the throne. Well, it's been a wild journey with you guys in Revelation. Um, I've, I've loved it, it's really pushed me lots, um, I'm just so thankful for, for Jesus, Uh, and seeing him in all of his glory and splendour. And I think heaven's going to be incredible. I can't wait for it. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you for opening the way for us to enter your new heavens and new earth through the blood of Jesus. We know we don't deserve this, Lord. We deserve judgement for our sin. Yet in your incredible grace, you forgive us. Jesus dies the death that we deserve. And you give us new life in him. Thank you. And as we come to you and we drink from the water that that gives everlasting life, may we live lives that hunger and thirst for righteousness. May you change us to desire godliness and holiness while we wait for Jesus to come back. May we live lives that worship you and you alone. Help us to persevere in this. Help us not to be tempted to compromise in our worship. But when we do, lead us back to Jesus and to drink deeply from the source of everlasting life. And as part of that worship, Father, help us to share this extraordinary news the gates of heaven are open for business all those who come to Jesus. We thank you for the comfort and hope that you give us today, that the hard things in this life are not forever. We thank you that you know our pain and you are with us through it. We thank you that you are with us until the end of the age and through into eternity. So we pray that you help us to long for Jesus to return for all your enemies to be uh, banished completely, for death and pain and tears to be done away with. How us to long for the day where we'll be singing on the streets of heaven the praises of our Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.